And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart and my, I guess now that we're almost 100 shows into this thing, and my friend Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. Are we almost 100 shows? I, I haven't been counting. I wish I, well, wish I was I guess giving if track. you really count like all those Saturdays, I mean, because we did 26 Saturdays, right? No, more than that. I, I should go back and count because that's actually a really good point. I wonder if we've reached – we might have already gone past 100. Maybe. I don't know. All that I matters is that we're over 1,000 subscribers and we're still climbing. We're about to hit 1,100. In, in, what? It only took us less than a week to get to 1,100. Stand up in this thing. Hell yeah. Well, let me just start off by saying, let me just start off by saying, uh, Joe, your boy went a little viral today. Um, Gee, our- I wonder what caused that. I wonder what caused that. So glad you asked. Um, listen, if you want to see a fan base who has absolutely no idea what they're talking about, say something about the University of Texas. Exactly. What, and the eyes of a ranger are upon you. We said this yesterday. When you're in Texas, you will see. <laughs> we said this. You, you go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We said this yesterday that, that, that Texas fans are quite delusional about a lot of things. And look, we're going to talk about them eventually, do our deep dive. And it's kind of fitting that we're doing our Oklahoma deep dive today. But. There you go. I, I don't know what it is, man. Like the fact that they can't own up to the shady or tactics. that they can listen or that they can listen. I, I mean, uh, Joe, I just said that they're negatively recruiting schools. Yep. And that you better be careful. And especially when other schools win more national titles than you do. They're living in the good old days, Blake. It doesn't matter. They're living in the early the 2000s. Time, the last time Texas was relevant, Walker, Texas Ranger was on TV. They still think that Vince Young is there, still there. That's what it is. That's, the, that's well, what they believe. Here's the thing that I would start to question, okay, if we want to start. It's not even negatively recruiting. Joe, they've, since Vince Young, they've had a one, one first-round draft pick. You want to know who it is? It's Bijan. There you go. So – all those all those recruiting classes that you've gotten. Now, do I think that Arch could? Yeah, I think down the road because of the name and the position. Like, I think Arch could. That, that offensive tackle they have could too. If Xavier Worthy improves, he could too. Like, if there's a year for them to have more than uh, hold one. On one hold on one second. We're getting, some, getting, we're getting something in here. Oh, that Xavier Worthy dropping another pass versus Washington. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. They have, but again, to your point, and why we don't take Texas seriously on this program is that they've always had the athletes, and this is just another one of those years where they have the athletes, but are they actually going to play up to the level that they're expected? Do they improve? Do they develop? We're yet to see it. Yeah, we'll talk on Oklahoma, their biggest rival. Or maybe now going into 2024, that might change to Texas A&M. That has really heated up. Uh, so, but we will talk about. I am kind of excited to talk about Oklahoma. Look, I, I give my buddy Big Game Boomer, and I know that he, sometimes he thinks I, I don't like him, but I do give him a lot of crap. But I don't mind the Oklahoma fan base. I think that they're very much more realistic about what's going on in college sports and not only that, college football uh, than Texas ever could be. 
Uh, but Texas finally got one on them. They they blanked Oklahoma last year. I'm sure we'll bring that up here tonight uh, in reference to that as we do the deep dive. Not only that, uh, it was reported today, Brett McMurphy, Ross Dellinger, this NIL thing. I'll let you break that down on the specifics. I think you said pre pre you told us backstage it was like a two 15-day windows. Is that right? Yeah, the the new – or it's less NIL, more transfer portal change where now the idea is that instead of it being a, a full 60-day window and there's two – or not full 60-day, there's 60 days of being able to enter the portal, being able to move around. It's two different periods after the conference championship games and after spring practices ends. It is now probably going to be two 15-minute – 15 day windows in which players can move teams. I just think That's the, the timing, I just think the timing of when they're doing that is just so bad. The timing still sucks and I wonder if that's the next step, but any shortening of it is going to improve it. it Joe, it, I just I just want to ask a question like dog, we've been doing this for 3 years now. What's taking so long? Like what do you need to figure out? You get what I'm saying? Like I I mean at what point, like, <laughs> hey, you know when to put it? You know when to do it? Let me mm-hmm. tell you when to do it. You do it at the end of the football season. Make it 30 days, okay? Make the whole month of February and two days in March. Yes. It needs to be after National Signing Day. Correct. After the last it shouldn't be before. signing day, open the portal, and you know what? You can have 30 days. You can have 60 days. And you know what would happen, Joe? You know what would happen? I do think that a lot of tampering would stop. I do too. And I also think one other thing that needs to change is we need to just pick one damn signing day. I, this is so stupid that we did the early signing period and then there's now National Signing Day. I That also overcomplicates it because nobody actually signs on the real National Signing I Day. I would Everyone agree with you. The first oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought that was the end. Go no, ahead. all I was saying is that the everybody signs on that first that first date. Now, it, the second date doesn't matter. I would agree. I would agree. But let me tell you something. I think it helps. I think it helps everybody. I don't think that. I do, now, I think that there should be two days. Okay. Let me tell you why. Because it's been really difficult on teams at the last second if somebody flipped. And te- it helps teams with transfer portal. It helps team, you know, like I don't mind that at all, but I do agree. I mean, like what was it? 85, 90% of kids are signing in December to lock down their spot. Yeah. You, I, coaches don't like it because it's during the season. And, and I understand that, but for these big coaches, okay. Like the Brian Kelly's, the Marcus Freeman's, the Ryan days, the Mark, uh, the, uh, Nick Saban's, the the Josh Heupel's, the Kirby Smarts of the world, boo-hoo, you make $10 million a year. Like, I, I, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. But, yes, but the guys that are on the back end of the staff that are grinding it out and that have to put up Correct. work. Correct. Like that, that's who I feel for, those guys. No, I do. And I have a lot of buddies. I have a lot of friends in that world. And you're right. It yeah. is tough there. All right, so we'll do Oklahoma. We'll talk the NIL thing here. And also, uh, well, I want to bring this up. Can we, I want to bring this up, too. I mm-hmm. sent you this today about all of the D1 schools in America that were, like, on a map and, like, where they're located. Like, if you actually just see them. Dude, it's split in the middle. Like, 
three-fourths of the teams, if not more, are on in the central part of America to the East Coast. Well, well I don't want to give my thoughts on this just yet. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Okay. I, 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 do, I think that there's definitely a takeaway to have from it. Did shock you? It shocks me a little bit, but it, I also it makes sense why geographically it's set up like that. Because just like think about how much nothingness is in some of those states that are in the middle. Like what the hell's going on in New Mexico? No one gives a damn about what's going on in New Mexico. How do they even have two D one schools in New Mexico? Yeah, New Mexico and New Mexico State. That's right. Go uh, Aggies, I think. I think Aggies and Lobos. I think. Yeah, it's the Lobos. New Mexico Lobos and the uh, Aggies. You know what we should do one day, mm-hmm. like just one one of these dog days from summer, we we should like uh, pull out a team out of a hat and see if we can name their uh, their mascot. Like put a hundred teams in there and see if we can name their mascot. That's not a bad idea. That might be like a good like final five minutes. Let's let's see if we how smart we are, how much we know. Yeah, well, I'll give you one. I'll give you a, a teaser right now. You ready for okay. it before we get All rolling? Right. All right, you need to clip this. Joe, what are the five power five or what are, who let me back up? Who are the five teams in in college athletics that's mascot doesn't end with the letter S? When you say mascot, you're referring to the, I will the give team you, name. I will not give the you not one. the actual name of the mascot, like the, the individual. Correct. Like, the the team name. like I, I know you'll get one, like the fighting the Irish. Irish. Okay. Okay. That's one. Oh my God. Well, you said power five? No, just college athletics. I'll just give you all college athletics or not college athletics. Like, you know, the big teams, like the power five, G5. Oh my God. Wait, fighting Irish. One's out west in California. Cardinal. Stanford Cardinal. That's two. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, that's three. Where are the other two remaining ones? Um, One is in West Virginia. It's not the Volunteers. I We're- mean, listen, I made fun of you oh. about this team a lot. Huh? The thund- Oh, Thundering Herd. Okay, that's okay. And then what's, four. What's, what's the last one? The, the hit Navy on the midshipmen. Ah, probably could have guessed that. How that's about a good, that? That's a good trivia. That's a good trivia question. Yeah, to, we might. We, I like focus. that. I like okay. that. Let me clip that. Our, you, but, your boys from New Jersey. I forget the guys' names. I sent you the clip last night. I like. They were doing I like that. Doing stuff like that. I think we should do a trivia at the end of every of every show. I like stuff like that. Okay. All, all right. right. So let's get rolling. Everybody, do us a favor though by hitting the like and share. Share to uh, all of those social media groups. Share it to all of those groups on Facebook. Guys, you've been killing it for us on Facebook. Don't forget, hit that like button. Don't, for, don't forget to follow the page. As Joe mentioned earlier, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and notification bell if you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're watching us on Fubo TV. Thank you for joining us, and we're glad that you are here with us. Let's talk about our good friends, though, over at um, – BetOnline.ag. Use your mobile devices today to sign up. We're back in 50 seconds. Don't go anywhere. I've got a lot to talk about. I think this is going to be a good episode, Joe. We're back next. Uh-oh. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. No, you're not. No, they're not. Uh, No, they're not. And they've been in my DMs. Dude, can I tell you something? Can I just tell can I just tell you something? Mm-hmm. I think it is people think when they like say something negative about me that uh that they think it's gonna break me. I think you know me enough well <laughs> by Joe. Like people's like, oh Blake, don't let it affect you. And meanwhile, you know this. I am laughing my ass off. Like, yeah, you were texting me this morning. You're entertained oh, by it. Oh, dude, <laughs> just, it's so funny. Like one guy, Tim S. said, Rafino, the clown just got ratioed on misinformation due to being an emotional little bitch. Man, you're down bad for this. And then some LSU fans started climbing in on him and was like, bro. You didn't even get ratioed. You didn't even get ratioed. I don't even know what ratioed means. It means that the counter comment to whatever you said has more likes. And also there's just more comments from the Ow, opposition. We got 200,000 views. Right. That's my point is that you didn't get ratio <laughs> that this dumbass thinks that you did, but you really didn't. And then this one guy said, I was acting like a little P word. Okay. And I'm, and so I just click on his picture and bro, he's got a full mustache. <laughs> okay. I'm like, uh, bro, I, I can't take that. you serious with, a, with, with your beard like that, man. You know what a ratio was? A ratio was what happened after I made those Stetson Bennett comments. Oh, that was a God. ratio that, that I didn't have anyone supporting me. Can no I t- one was supporting me. Can I tell you something? So listen, yeah. uh, I'm not going to say the players, okay, but – there were two Ole Miss players, two LSU players, and I think a guy that played at Stanford, maybe. But we were all in a wedding, okay? Okay. When that was going down. I think I, I, I remember telling you this. And so me and my wife and my son, Ben, and my daughter, Jewel, along with my mother-in-law and my mom, because it was at the beach. It was in Florida. So we all went, right? So I get out the truck. We're kind of later than when everybody's getting there. So – we get there and I'm seeing everybody. It's really, you know, exciting time. It's a, a marriage is going on. And dude, one of the guys, guys that follows me on Twitter, and he's like, Blake, Joe down. Joe is down bad, man. Like they're going after him. And I'm like, but I, like I was driving the whole time. I drove like four hours. You know, I'm like, wait, what's going on? And so I look, and I'm like, oh my God, it's got like a million views. That was a bloody. Honestly, that that was the inception of the show. I mean, that's what it created really the show. It really was. This is the sh- this this is the the perfect pairing of two people that a lot of people tend to hate. Drives viewership. I guess I just say what I think. I mean, I don't really, really care. All right, 
Joe, so today it was highly reported by a lot of people today in reference to the transfer portal. You already mentioned, so I don't think we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But there's two windows that the transfer portal uh, is going to be in. And they gave the time, I think, what you said, after the conference championship and then after the national championship. Is that right? Uh, conference championship and then after spring practices is the is the other window. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that's not bad. I do, and I've been on record in saying this, and I, I fully believe this. I don't think that NIL is the issue. I think transfer portal is the issue, mm-hmm. okay? Here's the problem, though, man. You're not going to stop it. And I don't really want to go down this whole big ordeal on the show tonight, but, like, Charlie Baker in the NCAA just Monday, just Monday, came out and said and sent to every school – if you don't listen to us about NIL and our rules, it doesn't matter what your state laws are. We're coming down on you. Well, then the schools counteracted that by saying the federal law says you can't do that. Like the current federal law, the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit says that you can't do that. And so what Joe, I like that. There's one thing that I like about Charlie Baker. At least he's trying something like I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, the meme, where it's like a, a stick drawing and the guy's got a stick and he's like poking somebody's like do something. I, I felt that way about Mark Emmert, right? Like just do something, man. If it backfires, like it's not going to really backfire where it, it's so catastrophic where you can't yeah. fix it. Right. My whole thing has been like, Joe, it's been three years and it feels like we have not progressed one step in any of this because kids are still going to hit the portal Kids are still going to get NIL deals. It doesn't change anything. No, no, it it doesn't change anything. And I completely agree with you. I think that the most catastrophically misorganized, disorganized aspect of college football right now in the new wave is the transfer portal. As you said, there's a lot of tampering. But one of the things that is underreported on, but has been talked about a lot over the past year, is the stress that it puts on coaching staffs, scouting departments, recruiting staffs, all the the stress that is then now placed on having to not only recruit young guys, incoming seniors, juniors, all the young high school recruits, you also have to go and recruit and find a crop of transfer portal players that can immediately step in and resolve any of your roster issues. The timing of it still sucks if it if it remains what has been described in the in the peak of bowl season, the national championship, and then after spring practices, that stuff sucks. Like that's right. terrible that, that you're having to deal with that. I, if I were to completely change it, I would do a 30-day window at the end of spring practices, but they're probably not going to do that. Trying to do this at the same exact time as when national signing day is going on, as when high school recruiting is really at its heated peak of trying to get those final kids committed trying to get kids to flip. That is what is causing the stress to all these coaching staffs. And what is going to cause even further stress and ne- and create more negative consequences in college football is that those things happening at the same time. Shorting the window is going to help, but they do need to move when it is to a later date, as you said. I would just do a 30-day window in February because here's the thing, Joe. Here's the thing. A kid can go in the portal – Okay, uh-huh. and see, it doesn't matter when he hits the portal because he the 
if you're in the portal, you can still go somewhere else. When the portal closes, that doesn't mean you can't transfer. Okay. Now I understand what they're doing and mm. the February thing doesn't really work or the thing after spring, uh, after spring practice, because of the simple nature that you have to continue in that semester at that school, right? Like they want to, they want to do it when they do it. So a kid, if he wants to transfer, he can enroll in that school. And I understand that. Well, then maybe do it in the summer. But if you do it in the summer, let me tell you something. Team's going to be loading, loading up and it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. I just don't know if there's any really good time to do it. Like, I, I, I kind of – because everything's got a con and everything's got a pro to it. Yeah. The problem is, is it's so negatively impacted by the academic calendar. Like, they have to adhere to when kids can get enrolled. And, it, like, as much as everyone thinks that, oh, anything can happen in college football, you can get away with anything in college football with, with uh, admitting kids and getting them into school – that that's not entirely true. You you have right. to fit certain calendars. Otherwise, you know, the kid's going to be sitting around at his old school if you mistime it. And that's part of the reason why schools like Stanford have really struggled with the portal is that they have a really complicated transfer process and it's hard to get into the school and get in with certain timing. Any school that's on a trimester program that doesn't line up with this stuff, which is very few, makes it even more hard. It makes it even more right. difficult. So like, I don't know when that window is. It, is it the summer? Is the summer when that would be the easiest? I think so. Well, I think to your point, it, it would work. Well, the summer, you don't have really any massive academic restrictions on you. Okay? Right. However, however, okay, the problem with that, at least the way that I see it, is that you're going to have so many teams loading up on kids, but they're already doing that, right? Like, they're already mm. loading up on kids. You don't have to go to school. Academics won't be a massive thing. You have time to enroll. I mean, Joe, Joe you got June, July, and August, parts of August that you can enroll in, right? Like, you can actually enroll. for. It's the longest two months that you can enroll in, right? Mm. Like, from a traditional based schooling American system. Okay. That, that would, that was my only reason for saying it during the summer. I don't think that they're going to change it. I think that they're comfortable where it is. And so for that, I think we're just going to have to, parts of me is just like, look, we're just going to have to get over it. Like at some point, like when fans continue to complain about this, a lot of times I just sit there and say, guys, at some point you got to get over it. It's like a girlfriend that breaks up with you and is dating a new dude. Like, guys, after a year, you're going to have to get over it, bud. Like, you're just going to have to get over it. And we're three years in, so uh, we'll see. Let's see how that how this all transpires. I still think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. You want to transition to Oklahoma, or do you want to do this USC UCF thing first? Let's do the UCF thing. I think it's a fun topic. All right. Give our listeners all right the 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 champions of the national champions I should say what was it 2018 wasn't it mm-hmm. 20 yeah the 2018s when they claimed their national title uh, Gus Malzahn had some interesting words saying that he thought he was the one of the big four in, in Florida I'm gonna push back on what you're gonna say because I know you're gonna say he's an idiot he is an idiot well, okay where, here's here, where is he wrong here's the quote. You here think about the big three of Florida, Florida State, and Miami. 
It's time for the big four. You look at the last six, eight years, we've been as good or better as any of those other programs. He's not lying on that. Okay, but they've been a really good G5 program. They've been arguably, maybe, let's say they have been the best G5 program, but the results are not comparable. The results are just well, not comparable. Well, what other results does Florida State, Florida, or Miami have? The, is since 2000, they've all at least won one oh, national well, championship. 10,000. He, he didn't say since 2000. He said for the last uh, six years. Okay, since the in the last six years, they've all of those programs have put up competitive seasons. I would argue Florida State, Miami, and uh, Florida at their best would have beaten that undefeated UCF team had they faced off with them. They absolutely would have defeated them. And one of the other things I want to add to this that immediately removes the credibility of this whole discussion. Do you know what the record was in 2015, Blake? They were 0 and, UCF, they were 0-12 in 2015. They didn't win a single football game. I can't sit here and talk about them in the same conversation as historically notable brands in the state of Florida. If you go 0-12 in a season, none of these teams in the last 10 years have gone winless. They've had bad years. None of them have gone, have gone winless. They have had some success recently. I'm not, I, I can't count a couple hot years towards putting them in the conversation. It's just, it's just not even, it's not even, it's apples to oranges. It's not even comparable. All right. So listen, okay. I was going to uh, try to combat you. I don't, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Like, I, I, I don't think that you're wrong. Here's what I think he's trying. I know. I, I feel like I get what he's trying to say. Listen now, if Middle Tennessee State, okay, let's call it what it is. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I'll give you a lot of time now. If Middle Tennessee State can clap up on them cheeks at Miami, Joe, I'm just. You mean to tell me UCF can't? Are you going to sit here and tell me that UCF okay. can't beat Miami if Middle Tennessee State can? I I just I I'm not going to count the one down bad year that they had. Joe, it's not just one. Year. It's not just one. I any other remaining year for you for for Miami, they they beat UCF. They absolutely beat UCF. They, this upcoming season, they're better than UCF. If Miami and are UCF you sure? face off, yes, they are. They have a lot of really good football players. Well, they might struggle. Gonna, uh, well, one thing that's going to be for sure is UCF's going to a Power 5 conference. So we're going to find out relatively quickly if they can play or not. Right, and they might do fine beating up on the mid-tier crappy Big 12 teams. Oh, like they're, TCU. They're don't do this. They're joining the Big Twelve. <laughs> they're not. They're not joining. They're not joining the SEC. I mean, am I wrong? You're not wrong, but I'm not gonna. We're not talking about that. Oh, we're talking okay, about okay. UCF. Okay. Okay. Look, I. It, it's just not comparable. It's not. Miami has a better roster than UCF right now. They were poorly coached last year. They've got a new coaching staff coming in. The, they would beat them. Florida beats them, especially. Uh, I don't know about that. You don't think Florida beats UCF? You you think Graham Mertz can lead them to beating UCF yes. when they can't yes. beat Vanderbilt? 
Who's yeah, better, Vanderbilt or UCF? Vanderbilt. Okay, I agree with you. I I agree with you. But look, in re- okay, if you Florida State is the best team in football in the state right now, I don't think that we can disagree with that, right? Like you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Who is number two? I, I'm going to just sit here and tell you I think it's Florida. Okay, which okay. is kind of hard to pick, but yeah, it's it's. Florida. I think it's Florida. Can, who are the – I mean, Joe, I have very strong opinions that I don't know if Miami beats UCF. Like, I just don't. I, okay, their they're, they're 5-7 and seven year last year is not reflective of what they're going to do. In- but, again, you're going to have to convince me, which you hadn't done yet, mm-hmm. you're going to have to convince me that Mario Cristobal has completely turned it around. Are you ready to say that? I'm not saying that he's completely turned it around, but they're good enough to win seven football games in 2023. And I think a seven-win ACC team, Miami football program, is better than whatever UCF is going to do in the Big 12. UCF's not going to win more than eight games, and eight games in the Big 12 is not equal to eight games in the ACC. It's not. I I know this is kind of a stupid argument, We're going to find out really quickly how good UCF actually is and if they can actually have sustained, consistent success in the Big 12. I I don't think they do. I I don't think that it is just an immediate step in and dominate and and kick butt. I don't think that's the case at all. (sighs) Okay. Maybe you're right. Like, maybe, maybe you are right. But I just... I have no faith in Miami, dude. Like I have, like I have very little faith. I think that Mario Cristobal is going to be on the hot seat, buddy. You think we're going to be doing the same thing that we're doing with Bill Napier right now? With uh, uh, the I mean, can you can can you convince me? Can you convince me that they are going to win over six games this year? And then you need to pick out those games. I don't have Miami schedule in front of me, but I. They were trying to completely rebuild and rework that that roster to play up to what Cristobal wants in terms of scheme. It's It wasn't going to be a one-to-one immediate translation. It wasn't going to just immediately flip it in a positive direction. Yeah, but Joe, I, I get back to the point where – I get back to the point where how are other elite coaches doing it and he's not? I Because you've got – like you got to use some form of transient property when it comes to you can't, and we're about to talk about this team. So I think it's a good transition here. How can you say that Brent Venables is over his skis when he is doing going what six and seven, six and six mm-hmm. at Oklahoma, but yet Mario Cristobal doesn't even play for a bowl. Doesn't even have to go to a bowl game and is getting Joe. It'd be one thing. Like it would be one thing. If, like, the year that LSU or, like, Notre Dame this year did, when, okay, they lost to G5 schools, okay, but they still won nine and ten games. Like, that would be like – I'd be kind of like, oh, okay, well, look, they weren't focused. They had some stuff going on. Okay. But when you have coaches now that are completely flipping the roster over, what are you going to do if Deion Sanders gets Colorado to seven wins? Like, and, and so I think that coaches, it's not my opinion, right? Like, uh-huh. 
I don't necessarily want to say that it's what I believe should happen. It's the reality of what happens because coaches get compared to one another. Bro, they kicked out Manny Diaz when they really and truthfully, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think that they should have. You know, when uh, they should have, they should have. But this is my whole point. You can't let a man coach for a year and then kick his ass out of there. You, you he was there for longer than a year. I think he was there for two years. You gotta yeah. let. So you're gonna let Cristobal cook, but you ain't gonna let Chris. Uh, 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 well, Cristobal's uh, homegrown, so they're gonna give him a little. Oh, so was more Manny time. Diaz? Manny Diaz's dad was the mayor. He didn't Manny play football Diaz's there. Though. Dad was, and Mario Cristobal did. So they they they're gonna immediately okay. run run okay. to, to Mario Cristobal okay. playing. Okay. Look, what I what I was trying to. I I know that you're. You don't agree with that thought. The recruiting hell, under Manny. Hell no. The recruiting under Manny Diaz was not good enough. It was not up to the expectation for, for the University of Miami. It just was not. And now Cristobal is in a position where he needs to rework that roster and get it to a more competitive position. What he was able to do in recruiting at Oregon, it's going to take time to get back to that. The recruits that he had, the players that he had on the roster from the previous coaching staff were not good enough to play at a high level in 2022. They just were not. Okay. I mean, if you say so, man. I mean, if if you if you say so. I just can't I just don't agree with you. I just can't I can't uh, agree with that is, right now. What else is new? We never agree with each <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know. All right, you want to transition over to Oklahoma right quick? Yeah, let's get to Oklahoma. Let's do this. Let's talk about our friend, good friends over at betonline.ag really quickly, and then let's come back and talk a little about Oklahoma. We're back next. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Oh. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> All right. So we've been doing these these previews over the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Today we hit on the University of Oklahoma. Boomer sooner. I'll give you the floor first, my friend. What do you think about the 2023 season for our good friends out there in Norman, Oklahoma? So our Oklahoma listeners know that we completely eviscerated them when we were talking about expectations for 2024 and the SEC schedule that they were dealt that is – not favorable at all. They are going to get bludgeoned to death in 2024, depending on the momentum coming from this this past season. But Blake, I got to be honest. The more that I dig into this roster, I, I dig into their their schedule, their capabilities. 
I'm in on Brent Venables. I, I think that what Brent Venables dealt with last year, a roster that was pulled apart by Lincoln Riley leaving, it is so freaking hard with the atmosphere that was surrounding that program after Lincoln left, the, the negativity after Lincoln Riley left, the position that he placed him in, it was going to be so hard to be competitive in the first year. And to deal with Dylan Gabriel's injury for as long as he did and having to swap quarterbacks in and out and deal with different guys at the quarterback position, it was going to be really freaking hard to win more than six games. They went six and seven. And, and, and here's where I see this. Florida State last year finished as one of the hottest teams in college football, and there is a reason why we are talking about them as one of the best think, teams in college football. You think that they finished as one of the hottest teams in the country last year? Florida State? Oh, I thought you said Oklahoma. No, 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 no. Florida State finished as one of the hottest teams. But, but my point does go in line with that. They put up a damn good fight up against Florida State. That was a battle and a fight that they took to them. Not saying that Oklahoma is going to be a top 10 team in, in college football. They're good enough to be ranked for the entirety of the year, and they're good enough to finish in the top four of the Big 12 in 2023, maybe even in the top two. Here's my thing with and, – and look, I have tried to pronounce this kid's name all day long, the edge rusher that they got in recruiting – Desan McCullough, or are you talking about um, and uh, and Debaju? His his brother Adiba, was just a Deba War or something. I, I'm you, Joe. I'm so bad with names. Anyway, the five star edge. Okay, I'm just gonna call him Debo. All right, six four two forty five star top ten overall recruit. They got Peyton Bowen. They got Makari Vickers, I thought was a really good safety that was underrated. Uh, Adebwari is Adebwari. his brother. Was, it go. was just in the draft. Oh, oh so, well, so that means that he's got a little bit of a bloodline. Yes. Okay. I, look, I think that there's even a, a potential, Joe, that uh, Jackson Arnold could – because, look, Milton was hurt last year. You know, look, could Jackson Arnold be the guy that everybody thinks that he is? But then I look at the portal, Okay. And when I look at them in the portal and I look at what they did, now they were ninth in the country in the portal. They did they did some good things. They didn't do some great things. But they went and got, like you talked about, McCullough. They got uh, Thompson from uh, uh, Texas. They got Walter Rouse, Trace Ford. They somewhat tried to re – they had more guys coming in, is what I'm trying to say, quality dudes to come in than they had leave. I also believe – that they are better coached all around now than they were under Lincoln Riley. Why, what do I mean by that? Offensively, I still think that they could be a really damn good team, okay? I think that offensively, scheme-wise, they were lost because guys just didn't give a shit, and it hurt them immensely. I also believe defensively they got a lot better. Now, what people forget is, okay, Getting after the quarterback was actually somewhat a little bit of a specialty for them. They got after the quarterback a lot. They just continued to get hurt. If there's one team that will be this year, we're back. In that conference, I think it would be Oklahoma before Texas because I still believe as a collective unit, 
They are better than Texas. I don't trust Sark. I don't trust what they do defensively. I trust Brent Finnables defensively. I trust what the Wizard, their OC, is doing. Mm. I just think that they will be better and better coached. And quite honestly, man, they're killing it on the recruiting trail, too. Like, they're trying to get the kid David Stone. And look, I think Peyton Bowen could be a, a day one starter, like the five-star safety. Like, that kid could be a day one starter. Yes. So, yes. Like, with that being said, they are getting the pieces. They are getting the dudes. Can they deliver when it matters most? Right, and the, the one aspect of this here, too, is the issue last year wasn't their offense, which one would assume with Brent Venables being a defensive-minded coach that, that that would be the issue. Jeff Levy, with all the limitations, again, with the injuries to Dylan Gabriel, to inconsistencies on the offensive side of the football, frankly, talent limitations. They they, they had one good receiver in Marvin Mims, and like that was about it. And Eric, Eric Ray was a fine running back, and he did some good things, and they utilized him well. But Jeff Levy had that offense – firing when everybody was on the field or most of those guys were on the field. I know that the offense is going to play at a good enough level that if the defense follows, they will be a tough team to beat. And I, I think that as you talked about, it is it, it was going to be so hard for Brent Venables, and I gave him a ton of shit last year. It was going to be so hard for Brent Venables to pick that team up, to have the right bodies in place, to, to stand up and fight on a week-to-week -week basis at the level that he needed him to. He didn't have any of the defensive line recruits that, that he was used to at Clemson. There was no Miles Murphy or Brian Brzee or Ruka Roro Roro on that defensive line. No Dexter hey, Lawrence. Man, ten times fast. Hocus Pocus is going to appear. Uh, just wait till we do the Clemson preview. He didn't have those bodies. He's starting to get those bodies. He got a couple of them in the portal. He got Adebore. McCullough's going to be a really good edge rusher. Once he gets his bodies, gets those dudes in place, Man, this defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the Big 12, and then eventually they're going to transition to the SEC. Which isn't saying much, okay? Like, and I don't exactly, exactly. saying much. That's my point. And that I think that, correct. So to add on to you, and I, I agree with you here, to that point, they don't have to do a whole hell of a lot to get back to where they want to be. Dude, I think they could be a 9-10 win team. I, I really do believe – because, again – from a from a talent standpoint, mm -hmm. there may like who's better than them in that conference. I'm not saying that they could go to. I, I'm not saying that they could be Georgia, Alabama, LSU. No, I'm not Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I'm not saying any of that. I don't think that they can. But when it comes to the conference that they're in. I just really don't know if there's anybody that's got more talent than they do. And I think that they're really well coached, which now I just sit here and say, well, damn, are, can, <laughs> uh, are they going to win the Big 12? And God bless it. If they do, I hope that they're not in the playoffs. They are not ready. They are not. No, they have no, talent, yeah, but they're not no. that good. They, they, I mean, oh, man, they would get their asses kicked worse than TCU. They're going to get I'm their sorry, asses kicked in 2024 when yeah. they got like their SEC schedule is. Oh, brutal. Right. We And we don't want to go too far down the, the 2020. Bro, your boy Arnold, I, I know, but, man, if that's the first year that he starts, God bless that kid. I mean, if he steps up and nuts up, man, that, like that's a huge, Joe, huge challenge Joe, for him to step up and nut Joe, up to. Joe, I'm just telling you. Okay, but here's the thing. To keep it on 2023, though, okay, Blake, okay. I, I, I think that 
the only roster that's more physically talented than them is Texas. But the, the point that I agree with you on, and that is very crucial, the gap isn't massive, and one team is a lot better coached, is way better coached. I trust, and I know that we don't have enough examples of it, I think that Oklahoma can get their guys right more than Texas does. Uh, I agree, man. I'm not, I, again, we talked about this, and when we do the, the Texas deep dive, which will probably be soon, I'm not scared of Texas. I think Oklahoma beats Texas this year. We need to be realistic with ourselves. I'm tired of this I hype. agree. Uh, dude, I agree. Look, so many, so many eggs are going in that Texas basket. Look, Texas fans are going to think that I hate them. Okay. Okay. Kind of you can't, but... they cannot stop a bloody nose in the back end. Dude, oh, I... we, got, we got better defense. We got better. No, you got SEC guys that left that could not cut it here. Dude, I was watching. So I, I do a lot of film evals. You, do you watch Hawaii 5 I don't. I, I, was, I do a lot of film evals. I do a lot of breakdowns. So I have notes on guys to, to talk about them. Okay. Uh, and I do a couple of eyes a night. I was watching who's supposed to be their best interior defensive lineman, Devondre Sweat. He stinks. The 355-pound kid. Dude, he's, he's 355 pounds. I'm watching him get blown off the ball. If that's the best guy that you guys have on your defensive line, he got popped off. His, his pads popped up in the air against Alabama. If he can't compete against Alabama, and that offensive line that was one of the worst that we've seen in the past couple of years, they're not stopping anyone. Yeah. That, that's supposed to be your run stuff in big body defensive tackle. And he's also completely misused. I don't trust that defense. That's what it comes down to. If things somehow work with them offensively and things suddenly pick up and they're and they're putting up 40 points a game, I don't see bodies on the defensive side of the football for them to, to, to stop people. Well, see, and here's another thing. And, and look, I, I looked at their schedule and I have it pulled up here. Okay. okay. They got Arkansas State. They have SMU. They have Tulsa and Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be good because they're replacing their head coach. They lost way, way too much. Then in Norman, they got Iowa State, and I will never pick Matt Campbell to win a game, ever. I will never come on this show and say Matt Campbell is going to win a game. I don't trust him. I will never trust a guy that wears his hat like this. I'm not doing it. You are a psychopath, <laughs> a serial killer, if you wear your hat like that. I am convinced. I am a hat collector. I have almost 300 hats, and I only my wife gets on to me because I only wear, like, the same three but uh, on the shows. But I yes. am a hat collector. I'm not picking them. So, even with that. So, Joe, you they could be 4-0 going into Texas on October the 7th. Get this. They got UCF at home. They go to Kansas. They got Oklahoma State, who lost a lot of talent. Yeah. They a lot. They got to replace Spencer Sanders. So much. Joe, I, are they going to – Are they gonna? is Oklahoma going to go undefeated, in my opinion? No, they're not. They're going to win nine games. They're going to win nine games, man. And their schedule is – is softer than charming tissue paper. There is not a single reason why that they shouldn't win nine games. So th here's a great way to end, end the, the conversation on this deep dive. We're propping you guys up right now, Oklahoma fans. We're talking you guys up big time. We're, we're saying that this team is going to be good.
But there's a caveat with that. You better win nine games. If you don't win oh. nine games, that is a failure oh, of a season. He's on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. Joe, if he comes out here, if, if, if they go, and let me just reread this again. If they lose Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas, UCF, Kansas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, I think that BYU game in Provo, I think that, that that's tough. tough. That's going to be tough. And then they got TCU and, and Norman. Dog. Joe, if there's not nine wins in there, Brent Venables might get fired. He sh- I mean, he should. That, again, that is a very favorable schedule. You know With everything that he did. You know what I say? Please, sweet Jesus, give us that schedule. Like, this is what I just don't think that people understand. Like, if I'm an LSU fan, if I'm an Alabama fan, if I'm a Georgia fan, if I'm a Tennessee fan, please, Jesus, give us that schedule. It would I be mean, capital murder in some of these games. Kansas would get Kansas. Kansas would catch a murder case on themselves. <laughs> That's again. I don't disagree with you. I mean, the scheduling is not equal across the board. And there's now Oklahoma in twenty. They're not getting blown out. out by Texas again. It's not happening. No, absolutely not. Uh, Kirk, Kim Hurst says, "Explain." I I don't get this comment here. Maybe you can help uh, me. No, no. So this is directed at Texas. I think this is in support of this is oh, in support oh, okay. of our conversation. Explain that, how you finish behind Georgia and Bama in recruiting, but you don't have a team that can compete. Make it make sense. The, she is said. I think it's a she. Uh, did, I'm yes. I believe it's a she. I'm being an idiot. I believe Kim is saying that. Talking about Texas, how do you finish? behind both of those programs right behind them in recruiting and you're not a national championship winning team not even in the conversation it's everything we're talking about well they've been doing that though and and here's another thing to to her point you want to know why because those freshmen don't win you natties maybe three maybe three could come in and start for you and be have big roles you're they're not winning that Exactly. Uh, okay. okay. You know what? This is going to be settled. Ow. You could just stab think, yourself or something. No, I think I just got like stung. Oh, it was my zipper. <laughs> Damn, a bee just stung me. I'm in the middle of the studio. Texas um, fans coming back to. Coming I back guess. To um. What was I saying? No, it's just the, the 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 final point here with that comment about Texas is like there's no. Roster development. Uh, poor uh, coaching. Well, well, listen. They're going into Tuscaloosa in week two. And I'm old enough to remember that in 2019, I, I'll give them the Georgia win in the bowl game because they were begging for it for me to give that to them in the bowl game when Georgia just really didn't give a damn. They beat Georgia in a bowl game in January, which, by the way, was the twenty for the 2018 season, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they want to take the 2018 season win because it happened in January in a bowl game. They lost to LSU in 19. COVID, they did not play in the, the SEC. In 2021, hold on. Oh, they got throttled by Arkansas. And then last year, they lost to Alabama. So what's going to happen if they put, when they play Alabama again and get route, routed? Like, they're going to get routed. 
Sark's done. I mean, if they get their asses beat badly at Alabama. I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done. But I, I, I think he's going to have to win a lot of other games. But, I, again, oh, we beat – we almost lost – we lost to him to a point last year. Okay, cool. Cool. Sounds cute. You didn't do it. And if you're going to trust Quinn Ewers going in – Joe, do you want to know? I think Alabama in the last, like, 60 games in Tuscaloosa – they're 59 and 2. 59 and 2. 59 and 2. Like 60, 61 games. They're 58 and 2, 59 and 2, something like that. Like they lost to Auburn, the kick six, and they lost to, or I think, I think the kick six might have been with at Auburn. I don't remember. But they lost to LSU in 19. Like it, it does, like you don't go in there and win, bud. No. No, no, absolutely not. If you were going to pull one off and you were going to steal one from Alabama, it was going to be at home. Kim says OU's record against the SEC is 117 and 10. Can you look that up? How do I even let me Oklahoma football record versus SEC? Well, those 10 losses must have come in the last decade. Uh I all I've found uh an article from 2021 says that their overall record is 110 49 and 8. Yeah, I don't know if that number's a lot of different numbers that float out there. There's another article that says that against their 2024 SEC opponents, they're 76 30 and 1. Is this is this what she's talking about? <laughs> no, I don't I don't know where that number came from. Is there a link? Can we get a link? <laughs> uh, All right. It's gonna have to wrap us up on. Yeah. Anything else? Let's see. Seamus, the leprechaun, I'm assuming is a Notre Dame fan. Says most of that is because our rival with Missouri. I know Oklahoma fan looks like. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe so. Maybe so. That's a good one. Robert says, do Chase Burns come to LSU from Tennessee? I think it's a three-team race. Uh, well, well, well. Says, what does Joe say if UCF beats Oklahoma? They're and- not beating Oklahoma. They're not, they're, they're not going to beat Oklahoma. There, there is a... One is a G5 roster that's got a couple good football players on it. One of them is Oklahoma. Jimmy Satterfield says there's no roster development and culture, and their culture is terrible. Uh, for Texas, that was what we were talking about earlier. Uh, he also says if they get blown out by Texas, again, he will be on the hot seat. I agree. I yeah. agree with that. I, I fully agree with that. Chris H. says, Blake, I tagged you on a great tweet comparing Texas to Nebraska over the last 14 years. He's not wrong there, and I saw it. He's not wrong. I I mean, they're not a relevant – look, and and Joe, this is – I want to – you know what I want to do here in the studio? Mm -hmm. I want to get this painted on one of these walls in here. Being a blue blood doesn't mean shit when the balls get get kicked off. No no kids running down on special teams and the balls getting kicked off and saying – Oh my God, I can't tackle this guy in the open field because he plays for a blue blood. You're absolutely right. 
I mean, you're you're absolutely dead honest, right? Especially when the definition of a blue blood is always shifting. It's always shifting, and it's not really applicable for Texas because when was the last time that they've done anything competitive? Not, not uh, maybe 2018. But they went to a Sugar Bowl. That was it. And they so, were back. Well, that's where it sparked it all. I know. <laughs> Why do you hate Sam Ellinger, by the way? Because he stinks. Because he stinks. They, I, this was this. I got into a huge fight with the guys in the office over this. That they're like, he's going to step in. He's going to provide a spark for the that offense. The guy was a fullback. The guy was a fullback playing quarterback. He was mom pretty hot. All right, that's a good note to end the show. <laughs> right, we'll see y'all Saturday. Saturday. Y'all have a good one. Peace. She can give me her digits. I'm just joking. I'm a happily married man. See y'all Saturday. Peace.